Hey, America. Start, Start listening, listening now. Hello. Hi. I can see Hi. your faces. Hey. It's nice. It's, it's like I can touch you. Have we met? I think a long hey. time ago. Well, today's episode, we'll be talking about something that can fit in my hands. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so feel free to narrow it down. Okay. Yes, or no, yes or no questions. Is it a cat? No. Sometimes, actually. Sometimes. And welcome to another hand-sized episode of 12 Points from America, a Eurovision Song Contest podcast from America, the country where there is muffled rap music in the distance. I'm Eric. I'm Derek. I'm Samantha. I'm Daddy. Hey, everybody. Hey. Are you hey. hearing rap music? I'm not hearing this. Oh. No. No, it's, it's there. <laughs> It's, it's muffled. It's is the kind thing. of always present, you know. Yeah. We just kind of we just kind of tune it out. Yeah. 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 It's like a religion. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's constantly just a, over your shoulder. It's just always there, it's watching over us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Speaking so, of always watching over us, Sam uh, hit him with the socials. Oh, oh that's yeah. that's that's ominous, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, you can find us on all the standard social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, Blue Sky, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, YouTube, over at 12PointsUSA, or you can just email us directly at 12PointsOfAmerica at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to buy our fantabulous merchandise over on our Redbubble page, or you could also support us with a monthly donation via our Patreon. Yeah. Now, whether you support us financially or not, we love you and appreciate you either way. But our Patreon supporters do get exclusive content, early access to episodes, and it's also just another way to keep in touch with us. Uh, you might be listening to us right now via our friends over at Switch Radio Europe calling this week. And if you are, hello. And if you're not, Switch Radio Europe calling. Give them a follow. Listen to them. Um, they're, they're awesome. Uh, not just because they're giving us a platform, uh, but they give other content creators uh, and, and show makers and taste makers in the Eurovision community uh, a space yeah, as well. we're... we're- Taste makers. That's, That's right. We have yep. created taste. Granted, that taste is durian, but I mean, mm. <laughs> oh, hey, I durian hear, tastes fine. I hear it tastes much better than it smells, yeah. which is also true of us. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know where to go from that. Yeah. Uh, I. We are talking about props today. We are giving props. Mad props. To yeah. props. Mad props. And not just in the sense of compliments. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, yeah. we are getting giving some props to some props at mm-hmm. some point, mm-hmm. but... Oh, I'm crapping on all these props. I'm all in. of them? <laughs> yeah, they're too big to fit in my hand, and I don't like them. Yeah. They fit in your arms, <laughs> bundled up. But these like are the... props, and we are... Uh, so, so we'll be talking about our favorite props, um, our favorite props that we like to dump on, which I feel like is going to be the majority of the rest of the episode, <laughs> uh, because it's Eurovision. <laughs> Wake up. Um, but... We should we should talk about what counts as a prop. And yeah, I feel like nobody on this podcast is more well suited to discuss this probably than you, Danny, yeah. as as our our resident theater dude. Um, Theaterer. Yeah. Theaterer. You know, this is something that you you do. <laughs> yes. So there's a there's a couple of lines that we can draw about what constitutes as a prop. We. I've been using this ESEessence.com link to look at... It's very, very exhaustive. And I would say that it is exhaustive because it counts things as props that are just things that were not carriage-bolted into the stage that they were performing on. They include things like uh, like any kind of platform or any kind of like light array. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 like Caesar Samson's giant thing. Like, yes. <laughs> that is not a prop. Or just like a I part mean, of the dare, stage. How, Oh, 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 the platform. Oh, oh. I okay. I think okay. you're talking about that picture. That uh, anyway. anyway. No, no. But like any. So I, so I would say things like a platform that's just any old platform, or like a set of steps, or like a doorway that you walk through. Those aren't props. Those aren't props. We can start with like things that you have in your hand. Those are like obviously things that you are working with. But I feel like there is a sort of a gray area when we get into things that sort of like resemble the set, but are like obviously something that is like interacted with or acknowledged or like are shaped something that is not a window. So like the duty doot trumpets from <laughs> from Embers, I would Count that as a prop, even though it's oh, not yeah. really doing yeah. anything. That's got to be a prop. Yeah, but, but nobody's interacting with it. The, yeah, he. I know, but he's it's being, like he's it's, being duted at. He's being duted at. Brought out and displayed. 
I don't know. That we, I will acknowledge that there is a gray yes. area here. Mm. And it's definitely, it's kind of the question that came to my mind is, do we want to do a discussion on sets at some point later? Oh, too? for sure. Oh. That's because, actually something like, as, as I was yeah. considering this, I was like, there have been some amazing stagings we need to yes. talk about that are just about the set that they brought yeah. on. And right. the list that had like mostly like, but when you think about like uh, some of the props, the most prominent would be like, instruments like yeah. across the board most of the time they'll just have instruments that they they're just not are props. playing yeah <laughs> they're just props which is really interesting because they're for a long time there was the rule that if you were hearing an instrument on the track it had to be somewhere on stage either on stage or in that an was orchestra, a rule which made for and i was going to not necessarily put this as one of my personal favorite props so just as a sort of point in history in the time where computerized digital music was just being just like just starting to be heard mid 80s or i mean more more the early mid 90s really sure. things that couldn't really be done by orchestra you still had to show the computer somewhere so that's <laughs> so there was an you, apple lease on show stage. me the, so <laughs> the real to real tape if you watch the performance from Gina G UK 1996 okay, ooh yeah. just a little bit uh -huh. like an evergreen like what did they have they just had a couple of macbooks <laughs> i was kidding it was it, it was great. Honorable mention, top 10 props, the MacBooks that this, were just there to look pretty. I, <laughs> I'm like flabbergasted that this was a rule at some point. Yeah. Like if you're, oh, you're hearing this instrument, like somebody had to listen to the audio track and be like, yeah, we need some guitars and some drums and, oh, is that a that's a trumpet. Okay, you need that too. I mean, half the time, like prior to a certain era, uh -huh. I mean, it was it was just in the orchestra anyway. <laughs> Do I feel like people were like offended when, they're, when they were like, I hear gu bass guitar and I don't see one. At the time, when all the music was live, you had this sort of presence that wasn't necessarily an instrument, but it was in the track. So how do you do that? So you just... Yeah, these, are, these are the same people who thought the train was going to hit them when it was entering the station. <laughs> <laughs> Though I did um, kind of getting thinking about like, what is a prop, what is not a prop. And like, as soon as I thought of instruments, I'm like, well, that's all of them. Like 90% of the props are always instruments. And then, <laughs> but like, I love it when, and there's, and somebody might put this on their list, when there have been instances where it's clearly not a real instrument. Young George and Lolita's had a, a mixing board that was made out of Play-Doh. Yeah. And it was... Um, that band, it was like the Wiggles or something. Oh, Polo Punk. Yeah, they had like the foam guitars. I, I mean, Daddy Freer and, and, and Gatten Magnet, yeah, you sure. know, oh, they're, they're cardboard, yeah, those were, they're cardboard they're stuff. Extremely mm -hmm. not real. Yeah. But I, I feel like those, uh, I would draw a line between those and real instruments in terms of whether or not they're considered props. Mm. Yeah. I feel like an instrument is an instrument, mm -hmm. but a f obviously fake instrument Unless a, it's wild. Is a prop. Yeah, a fake yes. instrument is a Agreed. prop. Agreed. But like, I don't know, like Malta's saxophone that he just had to mime into this year, that's that's just an instrument. Mm. It's technically a prop. I know it is. I know it is. So we took a moment to ask over on our social media, again, that's 12 points USA on basically all the normal ones. Um, what were some of our followers' favorite props from Eurovision history? So let's just go through a quick list of, of some of the highlights. Mm -hmm. So at Chris Who Tweets said, Sam Ryder's spaceship. Mm. I would a argue. A set, not an a... interactable set, but I understand. I understand. <laughs> the lay people do not understand. <laughs> Uh, our friend Jacob Tanner said, Navi Band's airboat. Now, what is this from? That's so a set, is, too. Yeah, that's... No, that's I, I, come Belarus, on, guys. Belarus 2017. That okay. one feels a little bit proppier to me. Yeah. I, 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 just, I thought about this one, actually, and I also was wondering about the air uh, hot air balloon from Ireland 2016 mm. as yeah. well. And I was like, that mm, That seems like a set. Yeah. Or staging. But it's something that you you know wheeled out onto the stage. Mm -hmm. It had yeah, a. You, I know, but it's like you sit on a couch. Mm. A couch is not a prop. Yeah, the big chair from Love Is Forever. That's a set. That's yeah. not a prop. You yeah, can't but, do I mean, anything. But in terms of normal Eurovision parlance, yeah, you yeah, say, yeah, yeah. say that it's like oh, it's yeah, a interact with it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might be mispronouncing your name, Helen. I apologize if I am Helen uh, Grotois. Um, no, Helen Greenhouse. Yep. Uh, I am Grotois. Just says. <laughs> The big dudes. The big dudes. Yeah. We, we know the big yeah, dudes. We, we, I, I will. I will suffer that as a as a prop. I'll. 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 I'll live with it. The yeah. biggest of the dudes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Solo ringer says Lazarev's "You Are the Only One" screen first comes to mind as the climb and the lean back was magical. True. Sim Climby screen. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, hero's use of the robot on a screen. Sure. Wait. 
Oh, this is... That's not even moms. a physical object. <laughs> the the <laughs> robot? The, okay, for, for a second I thought they were talking about San Marino's robot. Again, I'd say that's a staging thing. A very impressive yeah. stage piece, but still. Yeah. But still, that's just a screen. That's just, yeah. In fact, they're using the screen to avoid the need for props, I would exactly. say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, honorable, honorable mention from Solo Ringer uh, was for Dorados, mm-hmm. but all three follow the rule that if you have a prop, incorporate it so it's integral yes. rather than just a gimmick. It's okay. part of it. That's it the one part you got right, Solo Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, do, does, does Dorados' uh, magical cupboard count as a, as a prop? I'd say that's just a very ingenious set. Yeah, yes. very interactive, very integral to the story. Yeah. I feel like we're going to run out of things to talk about if we do do a set episode. It's going to be this again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's just all the start episode about sets. Yeah. <laughs> but like the climby screen, which always struck me as like, the, you know, when, you, that's <laughs> when, a, when that's we were at we Grand Slam when we were kids and we got on the trampolines, you know, you stick to the wall. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. that always struck me as. <laughs> Even though I feel like people are, are saying, oh, Sergei Lazarev did it first. He didn't do it first. If you look back, I want to say it was Belarus 2007? Uh, Dimitri- Belarus is always there Dimitri before. Colden- always ahead of the curve. Yeah, they, they were. <laughs> the pioneers of Eurovision. Oh, always having their stuff stolen by Russia. Anyway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, First they came for the stage, then no, the tractor. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Sam, please yes. keep talking. Uh, Dimitri Koldun, the song Work Your Magic, which was basically like a, a kind of a Bond song kind of a deal, mm-hmm. uh, also had a sort of climbable flat screen that he was leaning up against that was that was also pretty ingenious at the time but mm-hmm. it was done you know a good almost 10 years before Sergei Lazarev did you are the only one so mm-hmm. I feel like people are forgetting about uh about Coldoon. uh ESC spot pod fellow fellow podcast creator spot pod uh yeah e-spot pod pardon me uh the mannequins behind DJ Bobo so vampires like are it. alive. This is Switzerland. I want to say 2007, 2008. Kind of wonder they were so pale. <laughs> ah, yeah. I, I, I think those are props. I think that counts as a prop. That's also serving the purpose, just like the, the mannequins behind the humans for Romanian, in filling out the stage, making it look like there were more people there than you can actually legally have. Like yeah, You can only have legally. so many people on stage for Eurovision. It's six, right? Yes. But fill it up with a whole bunch of mannequins and... You don't have to worry about having more dancers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I yeah. like that one. Yeah. And finally, friend of the show, friend of ours, Lisa Jane Lewis, says that there is nothing that can beat Achille Lauro's bull. Yeah. Oh, there are many things that beat it, actually, Roberta. if you'll go back and look at the points. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> I, think, I think she makes a pretty good case. No, but this is, this is, a, this is a, a, gr- a great prop. Yeah. It is an unbelievable iconic, prop. Iconic, yeah. unbelievable. And it's definitely, we can, we can call that a prop without, without yeah. any, yeah. you know, that, that thing's working. If you got to ride it, it's yeah. a prop. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a prop that once it shows up, you don't forget it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody, even if you didn't vote for it, you're, you're probably still talking about it to you're this like, day. Yeah, I remember San Marino's. Mm-hmm. San Marino, the, the real kings of bringing a weirdo prop onto the stage. Oh, jeez. Oh, um, why am I always forgetting the song that's the, the no bullying robot? Who we are. Who yeah. we are. That's it. Oh, the toy robots yeah, Jessica, from the. <laughs> yeah, Jessica and Jenny B. The sharper yeah, image. Those are, those are excellent. The <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so, but the so, thing is, like, it, Crazy props have been part of the Eurovision landscape almost since day one, technically day two. We saw our first actual prop back in 1957. Is this the telephone? This is telephone. The- yeah, telephone, telephone. It's fine. By Margo, Margo Hilscher. Uh, incidentally, the song was actually written by Ralph Siegel's father, which... You can't escape this, man. You really can't. Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> Nepo baby. <laughs> Nepo baby Ralph, Ralph Siegel. Siegel. <laughs> But yeah, she she had a landline telephone. On, obviously, a landline. Telephone. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? She had a satellite Sam? phone. There yeah. we go. There we go. She had an iPhone on stage. Army phones that get eight feet tall. Yeah, she had a little phone on on the stage with her, and you know, sang into it. You know, with calls from to, to all over Europe, and it was it was a cute little gimmick. And I think she came out what, like fourth or something that year with that. But it was. So it wasn't a winning. It wasn't a winning winning thing. thing. No, it wasn't a winning call. No. Oh, no. who's our who's our first winner that used a, a big obnoxious prop? Uh, probably 
Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> there, got it. It's Derek, well, roll the music. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all downhill from here. Uh, I mean, looking at you know the exhaustive list that ESC Essence put together, I'm seeing all kinds of everything from Ireland, uh, but that was basically just Dana sitting on a box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, making your mind up had the removable skirt, so this is kind of like the the place where that's prop costume. prop and costume. costume. Let us say that's together. just like a costume, you know. Yeah, it's uh, I wanna again with the with the costuming because she had the multiple changes and the sort of fold away skirts and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Every way that I can again it had a ribbon skirt and pull pull away with that. Wild dances. There were you know fake horns and. Whips and stuff like that. So I, I mean, a whip can be a prop. I think. I'll take, I'll take whip. Yeah, yeah. whip shoe. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, my number one again with with the ribbons in the in the outfit. So you're seeing more in the costuming, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is a lot more recent than than anything else. Yeah. Hard Rock Hallelujah. The entire thing was a prop in a way. Um, you know the the the. The there wings. Were, there are certainly props in that performance. I don't know if I could tell you what, what they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, some of them are just Mr. Lordy's face. Where do I mean, yeah? Where does Lordy end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what do you think? Is it? What are some of the pros and the cons of bringing a prop rather than letting a song stand on its own merits? The solo ringer kind of hit it on the head like the, the the prop has to kind of feel normal for the song or if not normal like if not natural then at least like it has to like achieve a certain amount of spectacle mm. as opposed to <laughs> the usual cheese we're associating with eurovision and you want it to be memorable this, going back to Achille lauro here <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously there is there is so much going on it's in successful that performance. In, in one specific way yeah it, but you, you I don't know that. I don't know that that song didn't make it because of the bull. I don't know that <laughs> no, it no, did no. better than it would have otherwise because of the bull. Uh, but it 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 created a talking point. Uh, another one that comes to mind from recent years is Duncan Lawrence's orb. The uh, orb. The we orb. love the orb. Love uh, orb. Which is that? That's a prop. Yes, that's yeah. a that's a prop. And I love it because it just kind of shows up. And it makes it's no like, sense. Yeah, it's, it appears. It's like, Duncan, you need, a, you need coffee? You need anything? You're good? Water? And then it just leaves. <laughs> and it goes, whoop! Yeah. yeah. It does, what is that called? Coffee badging? What? what? You've not heard this new trend. What? What is uh, this new trend? Badging. Oh, it's, uh, it's not coffee appropriate. <laughs> Great. It's okay. this new office term for people who uh, like have to return to office. So they'll go in, have coffee, work for an hour, and then just go home and say, oh, I was in the office today. It's called coffee badging. Huh. There was some article about it. You know, it's like one of those things like quiet quitting and all that other nonsense. Uh, I see. Like this weird, like, the, the orb just work rebellion kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it just shows up to make an appearance and it's like, you all right, see, I'm out here. I was on the, you think Look, the, I, you think the orb showed up because it was planning on committing a murder later that day and it just wanted to need an alibi? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was here. <laughs> you all saw me. Whoop. <laughs> Climbs back into the ceiling uh, to kill somebody. Oh, gotta go pick up my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a prop can be a con if it's if it comes across as a gimmick. As iconic as it is, I would say that the the butter churn the churn the, the what. Butter churns? Yeah. That's just what they're called? Yeah. 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 So the, butter the butter churn and definitely... then the butter churners. And we talked before before we recorded about, okay, the butter churns are certainly props. And I had asked, can a human being, can a living person be a prop? And if so... There's so many problematic answers yeah. to this question. <laughs> yeah. I was, think it's a... When, when we get to our countdown... I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm going to say, yes, a person can be a prop. And I think when I explain it, you'll all agree with me. Okay. Are you just DJ astronaut, isn't it? It's not DJ astronaut. Okay. All right. <laughs> I thought for sure. No, because he's, he's a part of the... the part per- of it. Yeah, he's part of it. I'm like... I can't think of any nice way to respond to that. Okay. <laughs> like, I just keep thinking of like, I'm not racist. Here's my black friend. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Like somebody Waylon, got... Waylon, yeah. Was like, yeah, Waylon. Oh, Butters. boy. Yeah, that was... Or, you know... And I, and I say that as there have been instances where they've done things that were kind of questionable, and they sort of threw this person out as, like, their excuse. As their little shield. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's not... Cool. Who's that? Andrew Lloyd Webber had that that line when the they were like... Uh, when they said, why'd like you pick Miss this... Saigon? No, was that um, that entry he did? 
Uh, it's asked, my time. It's my time. Oh, and they said, why did you pick this singer? And he said, because she's the best. And then he had this whole other spiel about like, we're not racist, you are. Or something. I'm just like, oh, okay, here we go. Answering <laughs> questions that nobody asks. Yeah. So. yeah. Right. And I'm just like, oh, okay, so she's a prop then. So, so please don't so do that. So you're saying yes, people can be props. <laughs> they shouldn't. They shouldn't be. But yes. honest, yeah, honestly, Waylon unfortunately, also comes to mind with that, which is that's a whole. We're not that. Those are generally not the sort of things we're talking mm-hmm. about here. I just want to say, like in terms of like pros and cons of props, if it conveys a story, or conveys the story that you wouldn't understand otherwise. And I think one of my favorite, most recent example was with Cha Cha Cha. Because he has this giant box that he breaks out of like a monster. Yeah. And it's just gorgeous. And it's a prop. But it also tells the story. And if mm-hmm. you don't speak Finnish, it there's a narrative there for you to follow that you're not getting from the lyrics anyway. Versus a song that we're going to throw a bunch of stuff on stage that looks really cool, but doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Or doesn't really add to anything. Lavanda. Yeah. Uh What's the wicker man doing there? Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Mickey, yeah, that's, oh, you that's could have a, had it so good. That's a that's an ambitious prop that just doesn't need to exist Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. It did something cool. However, the song had absolutely nothing to do with the cool thing that was happening on stage. Yeah. Like, what is this song about like it being like the cool like it, there there was nothing that had to do with a tilting house? What it is was the giant like, wicker man uh, and the tilting yeah. house, and it, it, it could have just been a party. Yeah, it, there, and it should have been because we we ta- I feel like we talked about it, this it, a while ago. The national final, yeah, the national final was just a party, and it was just, amazing. Yeah, with like yeah, just like hauling around trumpets and just like mm-hmm. being fun. I understand. Yeah, they couldn't because the six person. Yeah, they, they had about thirty people too many, but, yep. but that's. <laughs> that's you, you you can work with that. You yes. could use props. Mm-hmm. You could use you could still have five people with five assorted dudes. Have invisible people in pants being your party. Yeah. Yeah. Pants party. Wait. <sighs> no. Wait. No. What have I said? I was gonna say the, uh, another. The I will say that the place where prop and set converges in the way where even I don't know where the line is. For, snap. On oh, snaps. House, it's yeah. like that is like a set that is covered in prop. Oh yeah. Like mm. that's what that is. So yeah. it's like I, I if anyone has that in their list, I'll gladly say, sure. I don't and part of it was because I feel like it is primarily a set. Primarily set. But yeah. like like the, the, the tearing away to show the mm-hmm. uh, June twenty second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a bit proppy. Busting out <laughs> of the set. It's like well, uh, a bunch of people bust out of sets, but yeah. Not like that. Not like that. Yeah. Not uh, like this. I, I, I feel <laughs> not like this. Save it for the set episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely coming up. Yeah. I feel like a prop can't really ruin a good song. But it can't heighten a song that isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's right. And that's my brain right. keeps going back to the balloon. The giant... oh. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go with um, uh, "Dying to Try." Like it was a noble, is... exactly. Uh, okay, it was the right. hot air balloon hot from air 2016. Balloon. Oh, okay, I mentioned that. No, 17. Yeah. Sorry, 17. Interestingly enough, I I would disagree with that. I think there have been there have been disastrous stagings for good songs, not necessarily for props but i ha- feel like there occasionally have been like this thing is on stage and it should not be there you know, like maps maybe yeah again then we're going into state yeah. maps, that's a, maps is that's more a, of a staging yeah thing. that's fair that's, that's fair. That, speaking that of it's just too ambitious, ambitious. Yeah. yeah well what were you thinking in terms of sort of the oh i don't think the mannequins with the humans was particularly helpful yeah um i think some of the stuff malta did or has done might be a little too ambitious I guess when I, when I was thinking about this, like, when does it not work? And I imagined a, like a 12-year-old is given permission to decorate their room however they want. And they just keep throwing stuff on the walls that's, this is cool, and this is also cool, and this other thing is cool, and it's just a mess of stuff. You know what? Don't judge my glow-in-the-dark star stealing. <laughs> like, at some point, your parents need to step in and be like, yeah, no, you can't have all of this. But, 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 but my, my, inflatable, my inflatable lounge chair that I got from the Delia's catalog... Dealies. <laughs> Dealies. No, but I'm just saying, in, in terms of like staging, there needs to be like a certain amount of finesse. I think props work in that same degree. Mm. Like it needs to, like what are the cons of props if it isn't inherent to the song in any way? It just is there to look cool, which sometimes works, let's be honest. Mm. But it is a distraction if it's like, what is happening here in this song about, I don't know, a breakup. And there's... <laughs> 
I mean, angels and stuff. You, you, in theory, you want your song to be to be known for what it is and what it's about, and not. I'm sorry to keep using this as an example. The song with the bull, <laughs> <laughs> or the, the song with the hmm, that that sort of thing. I'm going to argue Achille Lauer's staging was exactly what that song was about. Yeah, yes. the staging was everything. Sleeves. Like fair well, enough, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. You know, I didn't necessarily like it, but I'm like, okay, this is doing everything right. It has there is a narrative coherence to it. It fits this what the song is about. What's happening on stage? It, it connects and. Maybe it's a bit too much. Maybe there's just way too much for most people, but I can't fault it for what it, mm. it sets out to do. I don't know if we're going to call this necessarily a countdown or, I mean, there's been so, so many props over the years. I don't know how much overlap we're going to have mm. amongst the four of us, especially me considering that I went a little bit obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't we just go around and say some of our favorite, let's say five apiece, props slash prop asterisks yes. over the years. Uh, Derek, let's start with you. Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> shall we start with somebody else? No, no, it's fine. All right, just throw it in, throw it in. So I'm just going to start by saying I'm glad we had a little discussion about the pros and cons of props and what we look for, because mm-hmm. I don't think we often get into what our standards are for how we're judging. Yes. Because mm. I know when we talked about zeros, you all picked Benny Cristo, and I didn't. The reason I didn't pick him is because his performance was it's not... because that performance... Right. performance was not zero, good. Yeah. Admittedly, it's a great song, and I still really like it. But when I was putting my list together, I'm like, no, they had a good performance. They had a good song, and yet somehow still got a zero. Sorry, guys. That's fair. So I was kind of thinking about this one, and sort of the things we talked about, it's integral to the story they are telling on stage, not just it looks cool. My number five, I guess I'll say, is 2011's Portugal Homenda Luta. Ah, my boys. And they had this like 70s protest theme going. They had signs and bullhorns and all this other stuff. They were in the costumes. They represented different facets of society. And, you know, it, like, I don't speak Portuguese, but I could look at it and I could say, like, oh, there's definitely a story being told here. And I get the message that they're trying to convey, even if I don't have all the words. It makes me interested in, like, well, what are they saying? I'm going to look this up. I'm going to read more about it. It got me involved in a way that, even though I didn't really like the song, I thought it was really engaging and cool. So that's my number five. Nice. Uh, my criteria is a little bit closer to like, um, did I like it? It's a very, it's a very <laughs> Pauline Kale kind of way of assessing it. Did I like it? And was it like objectively memorable? And so I- I'm pulling mostly from stuff that I have a direct experience with. Um, but who who is interested in Eurovision is has not had a direct experience with TikTok. Uh, with the giant hamster wheel, which just I feel like is uh, extremely memorable to anyone who has any. It's iconic, for yes, sure. it, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And it's like we call it the hamster wheel. I understand it's just supposed to be just something for him to be vaguely clock-ish in. <laughs> um, th- th- talk about like a-, a prop that is only just like very tenuously tied to the lyrics or like anything that has to do with the performance, but impressive in that that's the only thing going on on that stage. They didn't really have anything else. This was in Copenhagen, right? Yep. 2014? Yep. Yeah. So, like, very bare, very sparse. And it's just that guy working that wheel pretending to be clock-ish. <laughs> so, yeah. Big time. Eric, what about you? Uh, I This, my number five, I think there's... Oh, God. Um, yes. <laughs> it's... It's the hammer used by the guy in Hot in Hot Rod Monsigra. This is like number six for me. That was I was like, I was oh man, yeah. <laughs> I was I was hoping that. Would I mean, come there up. and there are a lot of things in that performance that are more set <laughs> yes. than than uh, than anything else. But the hammer, I think, really tied the room together, <laughs> so, so to speak. Just this, just this constant barrage of of just boom 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 driving mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. The, yeah. the industrial nature of the of the whole thing i really i really think that that was a really nice touch to that so that that gets my vote for sure uh that's my number five and it's it's interesting considering that they were testing out things other than the hammer 
that they had whips. Like, like, they, they started like, with like a cat of nine tails or something. Yeah. Uh, like wow. a flail. Yeah. And did they have to, were they told to tone it down? Like, I, don't know if they, it? I don't know if it was a problem of them having to tone it down or just the hammer was easier to manage and looked better. And it kind of fit the sound because it was oh, beating yeah. on drums. It wasn't yeah. whipping drums. So, mm-hmm. But there was that steady beat that he was like matching. Yeah, like human metronome kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it, uh, that's, that's what I liked about it. I think yeah. it, it fit the song really well. It fit the vibe it has a very, such a strange because the thing. whole thing is like the fake fascism and like the hammer is a very yeah very yeah. evocative yes. i really like that yeah very very all right and they just get better from there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh fifth place uh, my one point i actually go to iceland 1997 and we were kind of talking about furniture versus props but i think this added to the atmosphere of the of the song in a very specific way. This is Minhinsti Dan's Paul Oscar. And you just, it created a scene, this couch, this sofa, and the singer surrounded by these incredibly sexy kind of lurid dancers kind of flopped over in this sense of a decadence and a, a day after the party and the sort of, I'm... Oh God, what have I done? But this is the life of luxury, and it's it's a very it's a very evocative couch, and probably one of the sexiest Eurovision performances ever. But is that is that a, is that furniture or it's is that it's, a, a, it's a sofa? Oh, it's the sofa. But, okay, so then it it, it, it never mind. It's, <laughs> petition, it's, it's your list. I don't petition care. to name this episode a very evocative sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get a black light on it. Oh God! <laughs> I think I mean I think it was like pleather, so hopefully it's easy to clean. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, but I I Paul Oscar sofa. I think okay. I think it just added something that, you know, any other chaise long or. <laughs> if, Couldn't have accomplished. It, no, yeah. if 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 that had just been him surrounded by dancers, it would not have been the same. You needed that sort of waking up the day after feel. Anyway, Derek. What about you? What's uh, what's next on your list? I'm realizing I wrote down six, and I'm not sure which one to get rid of. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I like them all. All right, my next one, also from the same year, 2011, it's Ukraine's Angel mm. and the Sandbox Table. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. yeah. that, that, that's a good one. Yep. So good that they brought it back in uh, 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, same woman. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but the, the sand art painting. The sand art yeah. painting while she's singing. But in 2011, she was doing it live during the broad, during the show, mm. And in 2019, it was pre-recorded. So she was just mucking about on the sand table <laughs> while the like, pre-recorded video played on the screens really, behind them. It really was a prop, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, kind of a shame. But I thought it was such a cool idea for someone to be, like, literally making art while the song is happening. And, like, imagine doing that with, like, paint or sculpture or something else. Like, like building this thing in three minutes while somebody's singing. I, I thought just a really cool concept. You don't really see anything else like that except when they bring it back and do it the exact same thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, love that one. Uh, my number four, or rather my two points, is uh, venturing into the realm that is adjacent to costuming. But I justify this in the idea that it wasn't originally part of the costume and it was being manipulated and used in a way that is very prop-like. It is the backpack... Uh, from Lie to Me. Oh. Uh, it is the, so we, the, we, we've talked about this plenty of times, but the backpack was introduced to sort of cover up the fact that he had this heavy-duty brace on him to uh, fix the fact that in rehearsals he had messed up his back seriously. But, like, it became a thing where, like, the wait, is that right? No, he actually That's, had the backpack beforehand. Oh, he did? Yeah. Well, it's like, it, like, the backpack was so, like, a part of the performance that it's like, it would be, I don't know, it, it, it became sort of like an I an absolutely indispensable part of the look of that performance, both him and the other, there's like the one other dancer, were there two other dancers? Two, I think. Forget that, but it was just like, they all had on these backpacks and it was just a part of the look that like made it very cheeky and cool and very youthful. So yeah, I'm going with that. Uh, my fourth place is the butter churns. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, it's just again. This if somehow you're you, you you don't know what I'm talking about. This is Poland, 2014. Uh, it is uh, a song about Slavic girls yes. and how they use their charming beauty. That's that's the that's the line. Yes, charm. And beauty. yes, and and so and so the they put their heads together and said, how do we represent that? 
And I guess the answer was big gazongas <laughs> and also butter churns. Well, like I was saying, the left one is charm and the right one, one is, is beauty. Yeah, yes. That's, <laughs> uh, I, I, the other is we knew it was coming from one it's, of us. It's iconic. Yes. It's, it's, it's a, an Truly. iconic prop. Uh, my, my subsequent ones are maybe not quite as iconic as this, but it just seemed like I can't possibly mm-hmm. make a list without this on it. Yeah. I just can't. All right, my my fourth place. I'm going to have to give this to Sebastian Tellier's Divine, and the combination of the golf cart and beach ball, okay. the, the helium <laughs> beach ball. Okay. That I I love it when when a song kind of starts off as being a little bit surreal, and they just kind of lean into it. And this will be a, rec- a recurring theme with me later on. So you know, yeah. put a pin on this. But Sebastian rolls up onto the stage in a golf cart, and his backing dancers are all in the same, like, sort of pasted-on beard that he's got. And halfway through the song, he starts sucking on this, this inflatable what? globe. Oh. <laughs> and it's, it is filled with helium, and he starts the first half of his second verse with the high helium squeaky voice. Oh, my God. And it's this sort of... The song itself is very chill and very sort of downbeat, but it just kind of elevated it into this sort of surreal moment of what exactly is it that I'm watching right now? I can't not fall in love with it. So that has always stayed with me from a year that, in my opinion, is one of the best Eurovision years of the past, you know, 20, 25 years. That moment sticks out. So Sebastian Tellier, Golf Cart, and the Helium Globe. Okay. That is so unbelievably Invisible French. gas <laughs> oh. is, a, is a prop now. Yeah. <laughs> my number three, boy, I'm, I'm clumping. So uh, my number three is from 2010. Yes. It's from Turkey's We Could Be the Same. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. the lady in the robot suit, and she's kind of ripping the pieces off. And at the end of it, he pulls out this electric saw and cuts the last bit off. Oh, yeah. And she's a person, and she comes out and she starts dancing. And it's, it's such, a, again, it's that visual narrative piece where like the transformation and he like kind of goes up to cut her out of that last bit of it and make her human again. And it's, and it's a rock song and there's sparks flying and all this other stuff and very industrial. Just, I, it's something that really sticks out to me, even though I never would have thought to put that in a song staging like that, but Mm -hmm. very cool. My third place is a prop again, slash costume element but this is much more obviously a prop and this is one that was fantastic at setting tone this is the Roomba that Manisha was zooming around on in (laughs) Russian Woman like (laughs) there's no other way to say it this isn't part of the set it's not quite purely a costume it's it's what she used to to zoom around I, I love that this is a prop that was used to achieve a sort of goofiness and uh and an irony that this song was really going for and I, it's it's necessary. I think you said this on either the last episode or the one before. And it's like, what a what a what a satisfying song to have as Russia's last entry for a while. Like very representative <laughs> to be just like, oh, it's a song that has a, a rather socio political message delivered in a very like equally goofy and serious way. And a huge traditional Russian dress with a. Little Roomba underneath it is a perfect way to do that. That's a that's great. That's a fun one. I hadn't even considered that. If I'm being honest, I was thinking about her dress, but I didn't. I was thinking about the dress itself, <laughs> not necessarily the mode of conveyance. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing as a as a as an ensemble together. Yeah. My third place is another one that I think is part costume, part prop, but I really think that ultimately, it's another one that that's pretty iconic and sets tone. Uh, in this case, sort of a, a surrealist tone, and that's the horse mask. <gasps> from uh, skeletons? From skeletons. Yeah. So, a- a- Azerbaijan 2017. There's there's a real performance art vibe to this, and I, I, I hadn't seen the full performance in quite a while until I saw It's geo-blocked here. Yeah. But there was, a, there was a really cool Eurovision compilation that aired on one of the BBCs while we were in Liverpool and I got and it was part of that and I got to see it there and god that's weird <laughs> yes but it's it did very well it was a top 10 uh, I think and uh, I guess uh, Sam or, or Derek was was there ever 
I got to imagine this is like questions that Francesco got about the about the monkey. Mm. But like, w- w- was there ever a, a very concrete explanation of what the horse was about or anything like that? I didn't get to a lot of press conferences that no, year. I, I don't remember. I, it was I, like I, a, <clears throat> that classroom setting. Yeah. With the chalkboards yeah, and had all the words, yeah, on yeah. The, there's behind it. Like there's, there's a lot too. of weird mm-hmm. artsy stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's on a ladder, like it's our town. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. the walls fall down at the end, and there's like, people in robes, and I, she must have explained it at some point. I just it wasn't there for yeah, it. Yeah, same. It, but also, I feel like with Gabani, that was part of the whole act from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Instead of we get to Eurovision and see, oh, oh, okay. There's a horse. There's a horse here. So there wasn't as much time, I think, to develop that sort of narrative that Mm. exhausted Gabani by the end of it. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there. Because Dahaj, when she came out with her music video, it was nothing like that. No. It was like her driving around in the woods or something. Something like that. It's in the woods. I remember that. Oh, is it me? Yeah. All right. Going way, way into the Wayback Machine for this one. Uh, this is, is one it, of the earliest props. Is it the phone? The, the, no, it's the, not the phone. The rotary phone? It's not the rotary phone. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue that this could technically be costume, but only for like half of a finger. And it was the, the severed Pearl finger oh, and Teddy Johnson for Sing Little Birdie. Halfway through, Teddy lifts up his hand, and there is a tiny little bird finger puppet on it that goes <laughs> along with the little flute part. Do, 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 do. And it was this I think incredibly... We talked about this on an ancient episode yeah, of ours. Yeah. Super, super sweet, super twee in that sort of 1959 way that only a 1959 <laughs> era song could really do. But it was just this... This happy, clappy song about two people in love and how they carve their initials on the tree and this birdie is coming down to sing about how much... And they brought out the little finger puppet and it was like... It was a Disney song, basically. Almost just that sort of, you know, whistle while you work, sing little birdie. It was... It was... It added something at that time that would have been innovative and incredibly cute and incredibly memorable that I think is an underrated one of the early props. So I'm going to give it... To Pearl and Teddy's birdie finger puppet. Aw. Yeah. Evie. All right, my number two. Coming as no surprise to absolutely anyone. 2014's Poland. Ha ha. My Slovenian. The butter churner thing. And I, I was thinking about this in terms of like what's sexy at Eurovision. And I feel like this kind of subverts the the trope, I guess, of being like sexy because they're like in these traditional costumes, but it's like gussied up and they're doing something very suggestive. Up and out. Yes, up and out. And they're doing something very suggestive, but it's also like they're churning butter, which is kind of mundane. And it felt very subversive in a way. Like they're kind of getting away with something they probably shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if they're doing, if they're just up there like that, it's probably more controversial than if they're just doing a, a menial task like churning butter. Even though churning butter, you know, it looks like other stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. Oh, yeah, you uh, lost me. I'll explain when you're older. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I um, I think it was it's it kind of does it marries that idea of like the old and the traditional with like a more modern, I guess more subversive or more edgy kind of style, and I. I thought that was a really clever thing to do. So, mm. Daniel. Mine is from just this last year. Mm. Number two. Ooh. I feel it is going to stand the test of time and be memorable for a good couple of years. It's the car from Promise. Uh. Just straight up. What, what is <laughs> yeah. a cooler way to start that song than a close-up in the front seat of your 80s convertible? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was on my short list for yeah. sure. yeah. I, I don't really have to explain more, and I don't think I will. It's It was probably the most fittingly cool thing on stage last year. Well, except for Daniel Estrin himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is, where, this is where I'm going to argue that a person can be a prop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Right. We were waiting. All right. My number two, my second favorite. This was my number one for a long time, and then I thought of something else. It's that... Andrew Lloyd Webber, isn't it? No. <laughs> yes. No. Not top five of anything. <laughs> uh, it is uh, Ieva Zasamukate's husband. Oh. From? From When We're Old. So Okay, you win. Uh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> because he's only there right at the end, 
and he's there to be the husband and, and to, to have a, a, a sweet moment. And this is like the opposite of what Waylon did in terms of like having... It, having the actual depth of emotion. And yes, oh, yeah. and it, it really, really is. It is an incredible moment that she's, she's singing about uh, this guy in just this absolutely gorgeous song. And then right at the end, he's there. It broke a lot of people when we first saw that. Oh, uh, yeah. Floods. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, that's uh, he's a prop, and he's my number two. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wild, too. Like It sort of breaks the fourth wall, because he wasn't like costumed up or anything. He looked like he just sort of came in. No, he's just like, a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, khaki shorts and a baseball cap? No, but he, like, he just, he was, like, she was wearing this really nice dress yeah. to kind of convey like this you know part of the performance, and he was just like dressed like he... It's like, yeah, I just, I just want to see if you need a sandwich or anything, honey. <laughs> He's the orb. He's the orb. He's the orb. <laughs> Can I get you some coffee? Yeah. Uh, the Lithuanian man orb. I love it. <laughs> Everyone loves a good morb. <laughs> it's morbid time. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Sam, what's your number two? I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, all right. So my number two, I'm going to have to go. We're going to go back to Ukraine here. Uh, their 2009 entry, Be My Valentine by Svetlana Loboda. Mm. It's the Hell Machine. Not many of these props have actually been given official names, but the piece of set work that was behind her, that were basically three gears, one next to the other, next to the other, and they spun individually, and there were ladders inside of them, and dancers crawling all over them, and she's dancing. She supposedly had to like mortgage her house to pay for this damn thing. For a song that was the epitome of Eurovision maximalism, this was the epitome of the, uh, it was, it was, it, it tied the room together. This was. <laughs> and you said this was 09, so this is the gigantic stage yes. in Moscow? Okay. In Moscow, on the massive stage. Yeah. Surrounded by dancers dressed as you know trojan soldiers with the hair the headdresses and everything like that but this this is the kind of thing where i look at it and see it as a piece of property rather than a piece of set design because she is interacting with it in a way that you're not just standing on a platform it mm-hmm. is it is everything like if a, if a stripper pole would count as a prop i would count this as a prop yeah sure yeah yeah, yeah i think so and this is so emblematic of like that era in Eurovision. It's insane. So Laboda's Hell Machine. If you haven't watched <laughs> Be My Valentine, do yourself a favor and do so. And like strap yourself down first, but like you're going to get blown back a little bit. It's insane. Anyway, Derek, what's your number one? My number one comes from a country that is no longer with us called Russia. Yes. And they sent a... Just an absolutely beautiful uh, song. Don't, don't. Back in 2010. Okay. Called uh, Lost and Forgotten, oh where God. a man pulls a picture of a woman out of his pocket and starts to sing to it. Oh my God. I did not expect you to go oh. in that direction. Oh. What are you doing, man? <laughs> that's the backing singer's talk. Yes, it is. Okay, that's a joke answer. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but I had to mention it because I remember it's the first so time weird. I saw it, I lost my mind. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Oh, my number, number was, one. It's actually like a hand drawn picture. It's a hand drawn picture that he pulls out his, the camera. He's like, and he's like, oh, like singing to it. Oh, man. Yeah, stick looking figure? at their full like, No, it's not a stick figure. It's an actual drawing. Okay. It's not like um, Titanic or anything, but. Okay. <laughs> My number one is Russian woman's uh, okay, yeah. dress. Uh, again, that kind of that marriage of uh, sort of traditional and modern. Mm-hmm. She's in this dress and it's like huge and it's like almost like a prison. And then she breaks out of it and she's wearing like a boiler suit. Yeah. And she starts rapping with her backup singers and it. Again, representative of what the story is and what she's singing about, and very subversive given what country it was from. Mm. Wild that this is the last song they've ever sent. In as far as I'm concerned, it's the best thing they've ever sent, mm. and uh, it's a shame we didn't get more of that mm-hmm. from them. But there you go. Yeah, Danny, what's your top? Five points go to uh, a prop that is at last undeniably a prop. Probably subject to the most iconic performance of the past couple of years. 
It's the basin and towels from Incorporasano. Oh, oh yes. Like, How could like I this not? Is a, th- th- this is Im- impossible to divorce this level of high art from the motion that she is doing. So simple. Eat your heart out, enormous projection screens and mechanical bowls. All we need is this woman singing about how hard it is to live her life while washing her hands over and over again. Amazing. So good. How did I not? Ugh. I did. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't think of that either. Ugh. Eric. All right. So my number one from two thousand five. No. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite prop of all time. This is a thing that that coincidentally Liz and I were were talking about really recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like a specific moment that is just that just gives you chills every time you see it, and it's the glowing rings that are put behind Katarina's head oh. at the end of Shum. Oh, oh. yes, yes. So. Uh, Again, uh, she's she she is in the middle of of hitting that high note at the end, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. The camera focuses on on her, and behind her, there are the the these rings that are lifted up like a almost like a sunrise uh, behind her, and then it puts and then it becomes. I mean, it's it's an artistic choice. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It is how Christ is depicted in art, like it, it having that halo, that that glow, or you know any of the any of those major Christian religious figures with the with the screen behind her, yep. like turning into a sunrise as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Yep, that moment we were just talking about how how, and I think I think it came up because one of our favorite things to do is if we're at a bar or a restaurant that has. <laughs> That has touch that has touch tunes, oh, yeah. and you can and you can pay like a dollar to have a song played. We'll always try to put Shum on and see what and and just party out to it while everyone else is like, "What the hell's going on? What? Why is this woman shrieking?" Um, but it, it's those rings. Like everything about that performance is incredible. I mean, you could say like the the, the sand that the guy looks at. Longingly is also a great, <laughs> as it trickles great. past him, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but it it's the rings at the end, mm-hmm. and it, it it's the culminating moment of an unbelievable work of art of a performance. Mm-hmm. And and I, I had Eva's husband as number one for for quite a while, <laughs> and then I, I remembered that conversation about the rings, and I was like, no, that's it. That's it's just so effective. It's so well done. Mm. It's it's such a simple thing. But it says so much, so that's my number one. That's iconic. That's absolutely iconic. I, uh, all right. I went weird again, guys. Yeah, um, lovely. Yes. <laughs> remember what I was saying before about props leaning into uh, uh, lending itself into a song that kind of embraces a little bit of surrealism and a little bit of weirdness, yes. but in a really, really interesting way. Yeah. Um, my number one are the glitter. The pocket glitter and the camera from the Belgian entry from 1980. Song called Eurovision by a band called Telex. It was one of, not the earliest, but one of the earliest songs to (laughs) reference Eurovision as itself and to kind of parody the contest, make light of the contest itself (laughs) and the spectacle of it. And it's sung by a guy who is... He looks like he could have been somebody's social studies teacher, like eighth grade social studies teacher. He's wearing, you know, a suit jacket and a t-shirt and, and a scarf and glasses and kind of very sort of, he looks like a social studies teacher, <laughs> maybe a math teacher in a pinch. Okay. And halfway through it, he reaches into his pocket as he's singing very deadpan about this contest that we are all coming together to sing and enjoy and laugh. And he reaches into his pockets and he festoons the stage with glitter with one hand. And then he slowly festoons the stage with glitter in the other while being very deadpan this entire time. And it was one of the weirdest things. Because we're coming out from of the... From Belgium. From Belgium. And at the very end, while everybody's kind of like, what the heck is this going on? He pulls out of his other pocket a camera. 
and he raises it to his face, and he snaps a picture. Is it a rotary camera? It, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a landline camera. It's a landline camera. And he snaps a picture of the very confused-looking crowd in front of him, as opposed to, you know, Naya, the camera's not on me, the camera's on you now. And it's this sort of meta, surreal, modern art the photograph? Piece. Supposedly, it does exist. It's it's terrible condition. It's sure. it's it's a, it, it was not you know the, the the aspect ratio was absolutely crap on it. But <laughs> supposedly there is a picture out there, and it's just kind of blurry people looking confused. That tracks. But it yeah. well <laughs> you know that's Belgian for you. But it's it just hit me in a way of this contest is when done right, parody can be done well. And I love surrealism, and I love it when... I normally hate it when a song is self-referential, mm-hmm. but I love it when it kind of deflates the tires just a little bit and goes weird. <laughs> yeah. So that has always stuck with me. So yeah, for me, it is Telex's pocket glitter and camera. And I'm sorry for going obscure, but it's like you, you guys oh, know, no, me. That's, you know that's me. That's good. That's a good one. Between all of us, we only had two repeats. Yeah, yeah. Manisha's entire was both, and I was both of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so annoyed. Manisha's rubber those. dress and the butter churning. Mm-hmm. Well, it was hard putting these in order because I just wrote down like eight things. Yeah, and then I yeah, realized yeah. three of them were not. Let's let's quickly props. throw out some some honorable mentions here. Well, all right, really quick, is this a prop or not? The Acrobatic pulls from zero gravity. I was considering that. I was thinking It's like they're on it the whole time. Yeah. It's like a part of the... It's not like it's part of a larger structure. Mm. I would have considered it, yes, in a pinch. They're certainly propped up. Yeah, the swaying pulls from zero gravity. But the thing itself doesn't... It doesn't attract attention to itself. Mm -mm. It's there to make her move. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah. Uh, if somebody was on wires or something. Yeah. 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 We've had trapeze artists. Like, does the trapeze count? You know? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, honorable mention that I had just because the sheer number of props that just kept coming at you, uh, flying the flag for you between the food trolley, oh, the metal detectors, the yeah. armchair, the, the seatbelt. Okay. That's a little t- that, uh, wildly ambitious. I'll give them that. Yeah. I mean, sure. it, they really went all out. It looked like the set of a sitcom or something. Oh yeah. But that but was the they, point. I, yeah. They fully, like, it was not like phoning it yeah. in mm. on creating a plain interior plane set. Like they had the seats, the costumes, the the props, like all of it, like trays and drinks mm-hmm. and like w- wildly awful. Like, <laughs> prop, I mean, we, completely tasteless. Like I was, yeah. I was talking with the Eurovision Ireland guys, and they said, "Which what's, was the worst UK song we've ever sent?" And one guy just went, "Scooch." <laughs> I don't know about that. I, uh, uh, anyway, go on. Uh, another <laughs> another honorable mention that I really also love and feel like it deserves more credit: Bosnia Herzegovina, two thousand eight, Pokushai by Laka. Basically, the singer comes out, he, he, you know, he emerges from a washing basket, guys. He emerges <laughs> from a washing basket of laundry. He's surrounded by brides doing their knitting. There's a, mm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a washing line that says love by the end of it, and it's just madcap and, and kind of childlike and very sweet. So shout out to Pokushai. I have a I have a few honorable mentions. Uh, Yevgeny Plushenko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Russia, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. He's a prop. Uh, the banners from Euro Neuro. Mm. Uh, I gave some yeah. consideration too. Mm-hmm. In terms of iconic things, you've got the oven from. Oh, the, 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 from the grannies. The grannies. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flaming piano. Oh the, yeah, that's what from, I was thinking. Our favorite vampires, flaming piano. Well, there are yeah. two flaming pianos. Yeah. We've discussed this before. With the no coffin song. piano. Okay. Yeah, I've yes. got that one on the list too. <laughs> I had the. Um, Playing with fire piano, okay, which was two pianos sort of fused together, mm-hmm. and I thought that worked really well because they're singing about playing a relationship. Yeah. But no, like you and me, baby, we're playing with fire. But just the way they're like aggressively playing piano at each other, yeah, just dueling pianos, yeah. like, <laughs> really cool and, concept. And so much better than what they came back with a couple oh, years the later. Circle the, keyboard yeah, thing. The, the yeah, the polo mint, I think, is what my my British friends refer to it as the the, the polo mint piano. Huh. It's like a breath saver. Uh, That's kind of what uh, Dottie Frere did though with Ten Years. Yeah, but that was cute. I gave some consideration to the robots from San Marino because they were very cute. (laughs) What about Chingiz's robot? Chingiz's heart sculpting robot. The Iron Man said. That's a good one, too. Uh, The pieces of chairs from Die Together. Oh. I don't recall that. They're all melted. Yeah, Yeah. that really did a good job of setting a mood. 
uh, Duncan's Orb, obviously, the cutout of Destiny uh, in Malta's <laughs> from, from this year. Uh, I also want to give one note to, uh, obviously, we didn't get to see how this was staged, but I think undoubtedly an iconic one would have been the spray bottles used on Still Breathing uh, by Samantha <laughs> oh, Tina. Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that would have been, cause you know, they would have been there and they would have been great. And yeah, that's my, that's my most honorable of mentions. I think mm. this is a topic where I, undoubtedly I'm going to be thinking about other things that I should have put in my top five. So I'm excited to hear what the listeners yeah. will be dredging up for us to consider. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Please. Let us know. I, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let us know at home what you think. Uh, we're at most social media at one, two points USA. Just search for us. Chances are you'll find us. Email us directly at 12 points of America, gmail.com. Find us on Redbubble, Patreon, all those places. Um, our, our next couple of episodes, it's just going to be the three of you guys. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boys night. Dudes. Dudes rock. All right. And we're going to show you why. Well, enjoy the next couple of estrogen-free episodes. Uh, I will... Finally. In our Mojo Dojo Casa. Yes. 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 But uh, until then, I've been Samantha. I've been Derek. I've been Eric. I've been Danny. And America, stop listening listening now. I mean, that guy was mad too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>